Welcome to the Aquarian Living Podcast. I am Naomi Richardson, your host. I am a Kundalini Yoga teacher, life and meditation coach, and I am here to create a connection with others who live mindfully through the practice of Kundalini Yoga, wellness, and spirituality. Satnam, everyone. Welcome to episode eight. Um, sorry if my voice sounds a little hoarse. Um, the last couple of weeks, everyone around me has been so sick, and I have managed not to get sick, and I'm still fighting it. I can feel my body falling for getting really sick, but I'm trying to fight it. But this morning, I lost my voice, and it's come back a little bit. Um, it was kind of irritating this morning. When I was doing my sadhana, I wasn't able to chant, which I love chanting in this the favorite part of my meditation. So I feel a little bit off, but that's okay. Um, I'm excited for this next episode. Um, but before I talk about that, I really want to express how important it is to um, subscribe to the podcast if you are listening. And follow me on Instagram at aquarian.living.life. You can also subscribe on my um, website for my newsletter. It's aquarianliving.life. And also, this is really important. I Everything that we talk about in our um, podcast episodes, I put show notes. So you can scroll down on the episode and you can look up whatever kriyas we talk about, whatever mantras we talk about. And so if you're just wanting to check it out or any books that we talked about on the podcast, I put it all in the show notes, or at least I try to be really thorough and put all that information in there. So um, for this episode, I get to talk to Pam Ewald, and um, she's a Kundalini yoga teacher at Kundalini Yoga Denver, and I was so honored to get to talk to her. She's also a sound healer. We had so much fun. She's so graceful and so pretty. and such a good conversation. So let's go ahead and start. Okay. Hi, everybody. I am here with Pam Ewald. She's a Kundalini yoga teacher, a sound healer, a Reiki practitioner, and a massage therapist. Anything else? Um, th- that's it. That's it. Well, <laughs> I mean, I do a lot of natural healing, but Oh, awesome. Uh, yes. Do you have your own practice? I do. And where is that located? Um, well, I have a studio in my home, and then I do house calls. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Awesome. I didn't know that. Yes. Um, so I kind of start with people's upbringings, like what they were as a child, what were their parents like, was there any religion in the home, were you spiritual as a child? And you can talk about anything you want about your childhood. Okay. Um, well, my mother was Catholic and my father was Lutheran. And um, they weren't really religious, but we did go to church. Um, and I was in, um, you know, like Sunday school and the choir. But I remember always just sitting there thinking, 
I just didn't understand because it felt so separate mm. and fear-based, so it just didn't resonate with me. And as a child, I did start thinking about energy and how we were all connected and contemplating that. And so when I'd go to church, I'd, I'd be like, this just does not make sense to did me. you guys mostly go to like a Catholic church? I mostly went to the Lutheran. The Lutheran. I was baptized Lutheran, but I would go to the Catholic with my mom every once in a while. Um and so I love the ritual of the Catholic mm-hmm, Church, though. But but like I said, it was felt so fear based and the whole sin thing and heaven and hell. I just didn't. I don't know. I just didn't buy any of that. Mm-hmm. So um, I just started, you know, feeling like there's got to be something else, and you know that um, that we're energy and so I thought I was crazy though because I would contemplate the oneness of everything and so I literally thought I was crazy until I was about 19 and this guy in college had this book called Practical Spirituality and I read it and I'm like oh my god there's books about it so I was so excited so that started me on reading is eastern philosophy and studying different healing techniques and yoga and meditation and all of that so yeah cool um and so yeah just tell me about your spiritual path and how you found okay um well I think there were little seeds planted like I said when I and I when I was a child I would have my friends get down on all fours and do breath of fire (laughs) yeah and then I remember in um fifth grade my teacher had us go into this soundproof proof booth that we had at this it was this modern school and he did yoga nidra basically and I was like oh my god this is so cool I thought it was the best thing ever and he just did it a couple times and then um um yeah just all these little tidbits and so like I said when I was 19 and read that book um shortly after that um I became a vegan and started meditating and doing all the yogic practices like purifying my physical body, my emotional body, my spiritual body. And then when I was about 22, I had moved to LA with um, my boyfriend. He was in a band. And when we got there, the guy in the band was like, you're just like my girlfriend. You should meet her. And so she was teaching Hatha yoga. So I had never done that. So I went to that and I just loved it. And I was so lit after um, you know, I just felt so good. Um, but I had been practicing the other yoga stuff before, but, and then a month later at the time there weren't a lot of teachers. And so a month later she asked me to take over some of her classes. So I started teaching and I hadn't even been, you know, certified, certified. Um, but I'd been stud, you know, I'd been practicing for years. So you studied a lot of the yoga stuff on your own. Yes. And, um, so I taught in LA for about a year and I was hanging out at the Yogananda Center Mm -hmm. in Pacific palisades and meditating a lot like hours a day and we were cleansing and fasting all the time um and then about a year later I went we moved back to Boulder and then I did my certification there in Hatha yoga Iyengar style Hatha yoga and then just kept pursuing spiritual stuff I had lived in a house that we had a moon lodge and I would hold moon lodges and new moon ceremonies and in my early 20s um, we did a lot of sweat lodges and Native American practices but I was still 
um, pursuing the um, yogic path. Um, Did you grow up in Denver? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, Littleton, I, yeah. Yeah, or Colorado. Yeah, yeah. yes. And I've lived all over the mountains. Um, And then when I was 25, that's, we had moved to Jamaica, my boyfriend and I, and um, it fell through. He was supposed to go teach there, so we moved back and literally God told me, you're going to massage school and you're going um, to Albuquerque. So that's when I learned polarity therapy and cranial sacral and all the healing arts. And um, uh, let's see. So that was when I was about 25 and still pursuing that. And I, I did, um, got into, um, trance dance. I, um, love to dance and using that is to move the energy. Um, but the Kundalini, I started doing Kundalini yoga probably 20 years ago. I came across Gurmukh up at the... She was my first. Yes. I just, (laughs) yes, she's great. And so I'm like, oh my God, this is so powerful in one session. And, um, so then I got certified about shortly after that. In LA? No, no, here in Boulder. I saw her. She did one in Boulder. Yeah. But uh, no, I, the training I did in Boulder, but I saw her up at the um, Estes Park, the yoga conference. And I was, I just loved it because it felt like it kept, um, the integrity and the lineage and the the aspect. I love it as a lifestyle because I was already living that lifestyle Mm -hmm. and it felt like a lot of the other yogas had, had gotten diluted. Yeah. Um, so I like that it incorporates mantra and breathing and, like I said, li- vegetarian lifestyle yeah, and just, just everything. Yeah. So, yes. That's so cool. I know. She was my first, too. I joined the Self-Realization Fellowship. That was, like, my first, like, I'm going to do this. And then, like, I didn't even know what Kriya was. Uh-huh. Really, I was like, what am I getting myself into? And I, like, Googled Kriya and this video of Gurmukh in India where she was just talking for like a half hour and I was like who is this amazing woman and and I was sold yeah. like I was just like what's kundalini yoga and I just went for it yeah it was crazy so, well, I yeah. mean because you can feel it in one class you know yeah. it just really moves the energy and mm-hmm. it's just one class so I like how supercharged it yeah, is yeah I know people are like what are you doing I'm like I just found this thing and I started I went on Gaia and I just found a meditation it was just like that heart meditation and I just started doing that every day and I was just sold it's it's sold medicine and that's what I like about it too is because you know, there's hundreds of meditations, hundreds of breathing exercises and kriyas for whatever ails you. That's you know? what's so cool it's about it. It's like getting a self-help book for whatever's going on and you can yep. just get that. That's I know I've, lately I've been, been doing the same meditation for a while. You know, when you're like, I need something new mm-hmm. and I'm like, hmm. Usually something will pop up like in a class or something, but yes. I've been feeling the need to like switch it up. But yeah, there's just so many. It's overwhelming, but... That's what I love about it. Yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> and so you did your teacher training, and did you start teaching right after? About a year you, after. Yeah. Yeah. And were you teaching Hatha? I, I still teach Hatha, still vinyasa do? style Hatha. I never oh, cool. taught the Iyengar style. I like that I learned it for... Um, 
the technique and yeah. alignment. But since I have a dance background, I like flow. it flow <laughs> more fluid. But um, the flow I teach is really slow because I want it to be a moving meditation. So, and I always do a pranayama before. So I still teach um, hatha vinyasa style hatha yoga. And where do you teach your Vinyasa. Um, all over Denver, different places. Just wherever. Yeah. I uh, know. I should take one of your classes because I'm kind of in between like the gentle vinyasa, but that's too slow. But I don't want to take the other crazy class because then I'm like sore for like two weeks and I don't ever want to go back. So mine would probably be perfect. You then. know, I want like <laughs> yes. the in between where it's still kind of challenging, but I'm not like. But you still get a breath because I've been to some, yeah. they're so fast. It's like my breath is still back three poses ago. It's like I haven't even I, taken and, a breath yet. Yeah. I up holding my breath and then I get competitive and then I like hurt myself and I'm like I'm like I can do this and yeah, yeah it's just bad so yeah I'll have to look you up and yeah. take one of your classes because I've been looking for that and the gentle vinyasa I'm just like this is too slow oh. I mean some days it's good for my soul but. yes um do you practice other spiritual modalities like do you practice other types of meditation or I I have a whole ritual in the morning. It's like hours. Long. Well, we're gonna ask you about that later. Okay. So, um, but if you but I go to, med- to a uh, a meditation group, it's called transmission meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, I fun. do that. It's just quiet meditation. Um, their philosophy is download of these higher masters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like doing the group meditation. Yeah. Just yeah. having it. It's just a quiet seated one. So Ooh. a lot different than the mm-hmm. Kundalini. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then just. Um, yeah, if you want me to tell yeah, you, yeah, you like get I have farther so into the... Yeah, so tell me a little bit more about the services you provide, like your massage, your Reiki, anything you want. I know you do a gong class the first Friday of yes, every month. Every... I still have not been, because I always have my son on Friday oh. nights, and I know he'd like it, but yeah. like in our routine, it just doesn't work, so I still have to come, but I want to just say this really quick. I... And you'll probably have an answer for this. I couldn't stand the gong before. Huh. Hated it. I used to grit my teeth and just be like, oh my God, it used to be like torture for me. So I don't know if you have something to say on that. I'm, it's probably something I needed. I was um, resisting. Well, but. it could be one of two things. It could be the person playing the gong. <laughs> it's true. Very true. Like Yogi Bhajan's gong makes me kind of crazy. Or, well, and, it, and it's digging in and mm. cleansing things out of your emotional body, mental body, physical body. So if you don't relax into it, if you tighten up, it's irritating. You got to just let go and let the vibration come in. And, you know, it could be, you're not wanting to go to that, to let go of that thing, whatever it is. So it can be like, no, no, I don't want to let go. Totally. I've learned to be a little bit more and like get into it a little bit more, but then I will catch myself like clenching my jaw and then I'm like, okay, relax. But like, I used to like loathe it. I'm like, oh, we have to do the gong rest now. Oh, that's fun. Well, it's just like sometimes like a massage too, you know, especially if you don't resonate with a person Mm -hmm. giving it to you. I, I mean... You know, it's hard to, or somebody new, it's like, it's just, if it's new Mm -hmm. and if it's not the right resonance, so uh, it could be those things or just not ready to let go go of whatever. Yeah, it was interesting. I was like, I hate the gong. Everybody was like, what? I love it. And I was like, what is this (laughs) thing? Like, so I'm a little bit better, but Yeah. yeah, tell me some more about it. Tell us more about it. About the gong? Yeah, about the sound healing. 
Oh, uh, of all the sound healing I do or just yeah. the Because I yeah. do crystal bowls oh, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love so, that. So, um, well, I mean, like I said, the gong just, and well, all sound healing just helps to clear your, you know, all the bodies, emotional body, mental body, physical body, and just gets at a cellular level so that, um, you vibrate at a higher frequency to help heal. I mean, you know, meditation, all this stuff, Reiki, all that stuff. It's about, you know, coming back, chanting. I mean, that's my spiritual name is Sangeeta, which it means That's one who loves to chant names of God that I love chant. Oh. I chant 24 seven. I'm oh, always chanting, but it's, yeah, it's just to raise your vibration. And that's where the healing takes place, whether it's sound healing or Reiki or mantra or yoga, it's just, um, you know, getting rid of all that darkness and stuck energy to bring you to that place, mm-hmm. higher vibration to heal. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of my clients the other day, we were doing massage and yeah, so what are we working on? Because his other therapist would be like, we're going to do this muscles tied this. And I'm like, and I talked a little bit about it, but today when he came to class, he said, I was so blissed out after and, you know, felt so high for a while. And I said, that's what we're working on. It's like, it doesn't matter how much I rub this muscle, how much I do this trigger point. I said, I could do that for years, but what's going to heal is bringing you to that higher state of consciousness to let go. That's where the healing comes in. So Mm -hmm. So are you kind of consciously or subconsciously like maybe doing Reiki when you're massaging. Oh, I always like, call yeah. in the Reiki when yeah, I'm, you do. yeah. I got my level one certificate, but then I haven't really been doing it. I, I, I mean, I did it online. I know there's some controversy over that, but I want to apprentice under somebody. So I know, Yeah. but I've been reading all about like the energy healing and I'm really fascinated. I've always believed in all this stuff. Yes. I know some people are like, what? Like I was kind of the same when I was a little kid. I mean, I, I remember just feeling my body when I was almost falling asleep when you're in that subconscious and feeling just like this different sensation. And I just always were curious about that curious and and drawn to like astrology and like the other realms of things that people are like, that's weird. But I was, my grandma had a crystal ball that I have now. Nobody in the family wanted it. I was like, where's there's a crystal ball. Everybody's like, you can have that. And I'm like, That's I have cool. to have her crystal ball. But she was kind of conservative, but she was an artist. Huh. And then she had, like, she gave me her tarot cards. So I have those. Oh, and cool. She was, she was brought really conservative and had, like, a little bit of conservative thingy, but then she had all these astrology books and the crystal ball. Mm. And so it was really interesting. So, mm-hmm. but I saw this image the other day too, of like a, someone put water in the singing bowl. And then when they were playing it, how the water was like vibrating, yeah. like it just was such a good visual of like that energy that goes out of it. Yes. So all the energy healing and sound healing, I'm like getting more into. Well, and I think as a, whole, we are, you know, that's what the Aquarian age is. We are vibrating at a higher frequency. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I got out of this, like nobody was on it. There was like hardly anybody on a spiritual path. And so now, I mean, it's becoming more and more common. (laughs) And so, and I feel like sound healing, um, it's such an easy way to to get into your body and psyche and emotions without being invasive, you know? And so it's a way to raise your vibration without, you know, you don't need to be touched or, yeah. you know, some people just... And, and, and with our fast-paced world and with all this, it's so chaotic with 
you know, the phones and computers and we're always getting input. So I feel like people just need to relax now too. And mm-hmm. just, you know, when I was in my twenties, I was doing all these hard, you know, sweat lodges and all these intense spiritual practices where, mm-hmm. you know, even like white tantric and it's just yeah. like, oh my gosh. But, you know, you could just relax and let it the sound soothe, you know, get in and heal you and like, yeah. you know, with, and like Reiki without having to make it hard or, yeah. you know. Yeah. I love that. Um, what was I going to say about the gongs? So do you have like a setup in your home? Do you have like lots of gongs or do you just have your one? I, I just have my one. You just have your one? Yeah. I know I've seen it where they have like I, all the gongs or like the two gongs here and one behind your head like that seems like a lot to me I don't know about that well in Austin oh god I'm forgetting his name he doesn't wear a turban I think he's a Sikh but maybe not um but he owns yoga yoga in Austin and he's like the gong master so to say but like he he I would see pictures of him doing those healings and he would just have the gongs like right here and right here and like here yeah no I don't do (laughs) that's what I always picture when someone's like I do sound healing I'm like no 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 and I I just do group sound healing um I mean I'll use a bowl or two when I do treatments but it's Mm -hmm. not like a big massive thing do you ever use the bowl when you teach kundalini or just the gong um I've been just starting now here at KYD where Rich, we just started doing, I did a solstice um, meditation and then I did the bowls. So I'm going to start hopefully doing that um, every um, equinox and solstice. But I do a group, um, Holy Fire Reiki and Crystal Bowls at at Karma Yoga. Um, Yeah, where is Karma Yoga? It's on South Pearl, like Mexico and Pearl. So they have sound healings there every Friday night, different sound you know, didgeridoos oh, and cool. mantra and all different kinds cool. of stuff. I know. I've been wanting to go there. I haven't, I've never been to that It's studio. a really nice space. I've heard good things about it. Yes. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about, about the services that you provide? Um, I think I covered it. Okay. Well, then we'll move on. So, um, currently what meditation or Kriya are you doing? Um, well, in the mornings I do... I do. I used to do two and a half hour practice, but now like the Aquarian. Yes, I did that for a few years. Wow, but I know it's hard. <laughs> I I just don't. What I do is, um, and it changes depending on if there's stuff going on that I need a specific one. I'll mm-hmm. mix it up, but generally, like right now, I'm doing just Sat Kriya. Then I do the meditation to clear the subconscious mind, and then um, the one to um, strengthen your. Um, magnetic field. It's with breath of fire. So I like doing the breath of fire. And then at night I'm doing, I've been doing Kirtan Kriya for a couple years. Um, cause, um, my grandmother had, I don't know whether it was dementia or Alzheimer's. So I was going to start doing it later, like in my sixties, but I thought, well, I'll just start doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, wards off Alzheimer's. Yeah. I mean, it has other healing properties. And then mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of the other one, but it's to, um, like release, um, emotions of past relationships mm-hmm. and stressful rebirthing book. No, I think it's I I Am Woman. So I've been doing those two in the evening. Um, But yeah, so I usually um, 
pick one depending on something specific I have to work on. I know I've been kind of thinking about doing one in like in the evening too, but I get distracted really easily oh. with my son, but yeah, or I don't want to stay awake because you know some of them can keep you awake. But yeah. Kirtan Kriya is a good one. I do. T- there are two. One the Kirtan Kriya I do for twelve minutes, and then the other one I do for eleven. I like doing it before bed actually. Yeah. Because then I sleep really well. Yeah. And maybe stuff. I'll start doing that. I know I that book. Um, meditation is medicine. It's all about the study mm-hmm. behind Kirtan Kriya. Mm-hmm. Obsessed with that book, but I gave it to my dad. Cause I'm like, he's like already like forgetting stuff. I think it's just, you know, when you get older, I mean, I forget yeah. stuff last night in the car. I was like, who is that actor? He's in that one thing. Like and I could not no, I know. Think of <laughs> what <laughs> and we were just laughing. We kept going on and on like that, making fun of ourselves. Playing like, charades. Yeah. So you know that it looks like this and yeah. sounds like I'm like he was in that one movie. I can't remember it, but you know, <laughs> he did this. It was so funny. But like my dad's like can be really bad at moments. So I'm like, you need to do Kirtan Kriya. Of course he hasn't, but he, the book is just laying there. Yeah. But it's, yeah, that's a yeah. Really good one. I think I might try, yeah. try to start doing that. And I, of course I want to do a breath work one, but I was like, that'll keep me. Yeah. Awake. I was going to say, so I also do, you know, other practices. I do um, gratitude, mm, journaling, yes, and yes. I have all these different elixirs for higher consciousness that I spray in my mouth, mm-hmm. spray on my head. and <laughs> I love all that yeah. stuff. And then while I'm getting ready, I listen to I am affirmations. And then when I'm in the car, I chant, I drive all over the place for clients and stuff. So I'm always chanting and in the car, putting on mantras. Yeah. I know I, I used to always play Jopji, like all the time and I kind of stopped doing it but my son has been just like having trouble like he doesn't want to go to school so I'm like let's listen to Jopji in the morning and then we do our odd good day to May before he goes in the classroom and then if he's really in a grumpy mood we do um (laughs) what's the one to switch uh negativity oh um we do that one sometimes but um yeah I've I go in of the mantras and then out of them, like I'll just play them 24 seven and then I'll just not want to yeah. play them, you know, but I've been more into well, them. Then it's time, yeah, and time to switch it up to a different one. Yeah, or... yeah, I know. And I'm always looking for new music too. So, um, well, what is your favorite mantra? Do you have one? You can have and, a few. And that always changes too. Mm-hmm. Cause re- last, well, two weeks ago I did uh Kriya that had the, Leia meditation and I was like oh my god I love this one so much because it's with the you know pulling your navel ekonkara satanama siriwa hey guru so right now it's that one (laughs) but I mean always I I just always love the Adi Shakti I you know Mm -hmm. I guess just because the divine mother goddess energy Mm -hmm. but that's one of my favorites yeah (laughs) yeah Okay, and okay, this is a good one. If you could recommend a book, a person, a teaching, or anything that's really guided you on your spiritual journey, what would that be? It's probably a lot of people answer the same thing. I know it's been a book for a lot of people, but Autobiography of a Yogi yeah. was one of the first yep, books I read in mm-hmm. my 20s, and I got it at a thrift store. And <laughs> that whole, you know, Yogananda, yeah. Sri Yukteswar, mm-hmm. and um, Babaji in that lineage. He, Babaji is still, mm-hmm. you know, my 
my guy. And, and with the Kundalini in, um, lineage, um, Baba Siri Chand, too. So I, I and Neem Curly Baba, not from any of these lineages, but I, I always connect with them more on their subtle body mm-hmm. and the ones that were, were more of the... Um, like traveling yogi sadhus yeah, with a loincloth yeah. and dreadlocks. My husband's always te- teasing me. He's like, "You were probably you were probably one of those with the dreadlocks and loincloth." I'm like, "Yeah, I could Standing go on your head all day. Yeah, I could go live in a cave and just you know live you like that." that. So. I love that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of people said that one. A biography of a yeah, yogi. Yeah, that one, and then um, sadhana guidelines. The other one, and that says. was one that is funny because I didn't know about Kundalini yoga, and I that was my first Kundalini book I bought in LA at a used bookstore, and I still have it. It's tattered. It was tattered when I got it. it. Was the original, and I had it, and I didn't know what it was or anything back then. Um, so it's interesting. I became a Kundalini teacher, and one of my favorite Thanksgivings was when I lived in LA. They used the Sikhs had a, a restaurant, and we went there for Thanksgiving. Awesome. And I didn't know again who they were or anything, yeah. but it was the best Thanksgiving I've ever had because it was. We lived in Hollywood, and it was right between um, Beverly Hills and Hollywood, I think, and. Um, it was a free feast, vegetarian feast, and they had these long tables, but like there was, we were total hippies. There was us, <laughs> and then there were, you know, Sikh people, there were homeless people, there oh. were Beverly Hills people. We were all sitting together, oh, so it was cool. it was really, really special. That's cool. I know. I had, my parents grew up in Santa Fe. So, and my grandma lived in Santa Fe. I would live with her in the summer. So I would always see the Sikhs uh-huh, around uh-huh. and like, I don't know if I even knew what like a cult was, but I knew yes. it was like something. I yes. thought it was cool. And then it was really weird. My grandma sent me to um, Girl Scout camp one year. There must've been something going on, but she was like, you got to go in Angel Fire. And there was a Sikh girl there mm. and her name was Ramoftar. Mm. I like remember it specifically. And all the other girls were making fun of her, and she like undid her turban, and her hair was like down to her ankles. And my little cabin, we were all so awesome. We were like, "Come stay with us. Like, we want to talk yeah. to you. <laughs> like, who are you? You are so cool." So it's kind of strange. Uh-huh. Like, yet now I'm like the in little Kundalini. Like there was that little yeah. seed. Like, uh, yeah, I had all kinds of seeds like that. Because when I, around that same time when I was 19, I had been doing window displays for this clothing store, and I'd travel all over Colorado and do window displays, um, which I loved. But I was transitioning, you know. I became, like I said, became a vegetarian stuff, and um, some friends and I went to the jazz festival in Telluride, and um, this Sikh man was in front of us. He was about twenty years older than us, and he was playing saxophone, just dancing around. And he invited us over to um, his friend's house that lived in Telluride. It was all these older hippie people. We were just nineteen; yeah. they were probably in their forties, and um, they. 
um, we, it was my first drumming circle and then we all slept on the floor and that in a big pile. And then the next morning they were making food to take to the festival and he was out there doing Kundalini yoga. I didn't know what it was, but, um, he became a good friend, but you know, I, another seed, but then the next day I went back and quit my job because I was like, I want to be a hippie. (laughs) So I I quit. And that's when I moved to LA with my boyfriend and that whole yogic path became, but that was leading up to it. So I forgot about that part. Yeah. I love it. All right. Um, what, do you have any beauty like things that you do like in the morning? Oh Lord. (laughs) Give me some I mean, of your always, you I know, love asking breath stuff like of this. fire. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, always. And I I do do these facial exercises like which I go yoga? in and out. Yes. I've been doing it. And I um I mean just eating properly, you know, I'm a vegan and eating healthy food and drinking lots of water, but um, I've always used, you know, a cleanser and a toner and yeah. all that stuff. So How long have you been a vegan? Since you were 19? No, I was 22, 22. Um, and I worked at a raw foods restaurant. I was a raw fooder for a while. I was tried the fruitarian thing. And then when I married my husband, like 23 years ago, he was a meat eater. But so um, just, I would eat a little bit of dairy, like when we'd go out or something, but I'd always feel sick after. So I was adding a little bit of dairy through the last 23 years, but not all the time. But yeah. then... Um, about a year ago, he saw the the movie um, Forks Over Knives and what the hell. So it switched him, something in him. So he's a vegan now. Awesome. But I'm kind of like, well, what? You've been yeah. living with me for 23 years. What am I like? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But, but visually, yeah. like putting that in their subconscious somehow changes. Yes, because I wouldn't try telling him to eat, but that's how I've cooked for us all yeah. these years. So, I mean, at home he'd eat vegan, but it's funny because when I'd go out of town, he'd go eat at a steakhouse. Oh my God. It's so funny. <laughs> that's how my ex-husband was too. He tried yeah. to be a vegan, but he doesn't really like, like vegetables. Mm. So I was like, he couldn't eat anything. Poor guy. I was like, you have to just eat. Well, eat and my again, husband's come around and I'm a really good cook. I'll have to say so. And he like hates Brussels sprouts and cauliflower, but I make, in fact, oh. I made Brussels sprouts last night, but I put balsamic on it, yeah. and, you know, and I'll make cauliflower mashed potatoes. And oh, so, so he, right now. you know, he, he likes, but I mean, he grew up you know, with canned vegetables being steamed and his mother would make him eat it, but they'd sit there and get cold. <laughs> and so who wants to eat cold canned steamed I vegetables? Know, so, I know. so that's the thing you have to be, I think to be excess, a successful, like vegan plant-based, you have to know how to cook. Yeah. And eat health. Cause a lot of people still don't eat healthy. Yeah, you know, you need to crap. eat superfoods too. Yeah. You know, I cook a lot of kale and quinoa yes. and amaranth yeah. and, you have to always you have know. protein mm-hmm. in there. And people don't know that those are proteins or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I know I've been pretty plant-based. I don't call myself a vegan. I wear leather shoes. So I'm like, I'm not like a full on vegan, but I eat plant-based. That's why I tell people I gave up dairy and it's actually not that hard. I thought I'd have a harder time. And I think dairy is worse for your system than meat. Actually, if you're eating meat, like you go and get it, you kill it yourself. But I think dairy does 
worse things for your body than meat, truthfully. Bad. Mm-hmm. And I never got sick from it. It never hurt my stomach or anything yeah. like that. It just started grossing me out. Yeah. And like, I didn't want to give my baby milk. Yeah. I tried to do the almond milk and like different things, but he's a, he's pretty plant-based. He likes sushi though. He likes to eat a little fish, but he doesn't eat dairy. Yeah. He eats a really good eater. I love it. That's Even though, good. But the other day he's like, I had pepperoni at dad's house and it was good. And I'm like, that's cool. That's cool. You got to explore. Yeah. Like, I'm like, but you know, you know what that is. I always tell him, you know yeah. what that is. And one day he was like, I want to try a chicken leg, Mimi. I want to just try it. I was like, have at it, babe, but you know that's a chicken's leg. It's his leg. And he was like, oh, because I've always, I've been a vegetarian for a long time and I just always visualize mm-hmm. it. Like I'm eating, like it's not just meat, it's not just food. It's actually like another a body, a dead yeah, body. Yeah, like I people just don't. would visualize it in that way and I just, oh, I just can't. And so I just, I tell him that, which is. I don't know. His dad would probably be annoyed. His dad actually doesn't care. Like, he's, yeah, he's pretty supportive of it. He yeah. doesn't like try to secretly feed him meat or anything. <laughs> he always cooks some vegetarian stuff. But yeah, yeah, I think it's really important the whole plant based. Um, we were talking. Who was I talking to today? Oh, my therapist. I'm like the only other person I talked to today. We were just talking <laughs> about the medical medium. Are you into him? Do you know who he is, the medical medium? He's like, he's got Uh, a podcast and he has a book out. I forget. Um, They're like healing books, but he's kind of the one that kind of did the celery juice craze. Oh, no. What's his name? I forget his name. But if you just Google medical medium, his books will come up. There's been a bunch throughout the years. And I have, no, I haven't been. Yeah. Watch. We were talking about him today. And like, he, you know, supposedly he also gets downloads on like, what'll help this and what'll help this like inflammation and stuff. And I'm into him. I think he totally makes sense. But my friend who had rheumatoid arthritis, she just was like, what the hell was that? Hmm. He's like insane. I would never take medical advice from him. And I'm like, just try it. It's just celery juice. Like he's not going to hurt you, but I don't know. He's interesting, Hmm. but I kind of get a little bit overwhelmed. Like he talks about like what eggs are doing in your gut. And I got all like, cause once I'm like into something, I just go totally for it and it can just kind of be bad, restrictive for me. So sometimes I have to like step away from him, but he knows a lot Mm -hmm. about food and how it affects the body and the healing properties of it. Yeah. He has a good podcast too. So that, that can be a whole nother thing though, too, the different, I mean, food diets. And I mean, you can read any book about anything. It will tell, you know, this diet, the meat diet's really good. The dairy diet's really good. The vegetarian. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I don't even, I don't even go there. I mean, I became a vegetarian just because the vibration, Mm -hmm. it was all about the vibration of dead animals in my body. But then, then I learned about how they're killed, their fear and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So then I learned about nutrition. Then I learned about the environmental impacts and Mm -hmm. I just, I just didn't want it. So I don't, you know, all those other philosophies. It's like, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I just try to tune into what feels good and what raises my vibration. So me too. And that's what I started doing because I can be really rigid like Mm -hmm. with something. I'm like, Oh, if I get into it and I just started doing intuitive 
eating. Mm -hmm. Like if I want to eat a bag of popcorn and chocolate and a popsicle, I don't, you know, like I'm just going to do it and I'm not going to feel guilty about it. Chocolate's good for you. I know. And I only eat good (laughs) chocolate too. So yeah. But, you know, some people like won't let themselves Mm. have good chocolate. They think it's like binging, you know? So I just let that all go. And I'm like, I'm just going to eat what I want when I want. I always been healthy. And like, I felt yeah. like I lost weight because I wasn't like yeah. obsessing about it. And just, I just love it while go. you, whatever you're eating, just love it and, and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I see people that are like so rigid and I'm like, that must suck. <laughs> that must suck for you. Sorry. Like, just let it go. Just let it go. But, oh, I was going to tell you earlier too, like cold showers too for I, my tendonitis. It's been working so well. Oh, but like, I also feel like the cold showers too, like help with yes. like just the fat layers and like and your skin. Talk about skin. a regimen. I don't do full cold showers. I've always ended with cold That's ever since massage school because they teach you that and dry skin brushing yeah, before. Yeah. And then oh, I always end with cold showers. Yeah, that's what mainly what I do. Unless I'm not going to shower that day, then I might just jump in for a cold shower. Yeah. But if I'm going to shower, shower, I can't take a cold shower and then a shower and then, you know, so yeah. I've been ending with it too. But like, I swear it's cured my tendonitis. Oh. So... I'm, That's and good to also, know. yeah, everybody that does cold showers, they always look all glowy and beautiful. So I'm like, I gotta get you. <laughs> I want that. that. So, yeah, I'm like, I don't want that. So that was another thing, the Ishnans. Um, this is a good one. Um, what would your advice be for someone who wants to start their own spiritual business or holistic build business? Hmm. For me, um, I I didn't even like pursue it per se. I I think for me, it was just, I was so, all I cared about was enlightenment. I just longed for that God consciousness ever since I was little. And that's all I ever cared about. That's all I ever did. And so because of that, it came to me because I was in that universal flow. So I never thought I'm going to be a yoga teacher. It literally, somebody came to me and said, like I said earlier, do you want to take over some of my classes? So I was like, okay. When I started teaching yoga, this um, guy was like, you should meet my friend. He's opening a raw foods restaurant. Okay. So I started working at the raw foods restaurant and it's just been like that. And then with, um, when I went to the natural therapeutic school, God told me, go to that school. I'd never had a healing treatment or anything. And then, um, so I started, I mean, where was my first massage job? I can't even remember. Oh, somebody told me you should go work at, um, Keystone. So I started working there and then, um, I had my daughter and we had been living in Santa Fe and I moved back to Boulder and I was just subbing at this spot as a receptionist. And I had no idea. I had no plan of what I was going to do after I had her and, two of the clients from there, like two months after I had my daughter, they called and said, can you come to our house and do a massage? Okay. It's been word of mouth. That was 28 years ago. So it's been word of mouth and it's just been, I think it's because I'm, you know, my focus is to, you know, be in the flow or in the vortex, whatever you want to call it. Um, things just start coming. Yeah. So you can know? I ask you a little bit more about that? So when you were saying like, God told me to do it um, and you're getting that, how does that download come for you? 
Like, is it during meditation or is it just like a little ping? Like you're like, "Hmm, maybe I should go there. That those, yeah, they're more of like, Oh, little pings. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, go do this. Oh, go do that. It's like, okay. Yeah. So that's important. I think I don't listen to a lot of my pings. <laughs> Some I don't because I've been having pings of doing the Kundalini chants for years. Everybody's like, "You guys should do the Kundalini chants because there's I don't know anybody that does you know kirtans of the Kundalini yeah. tradition in Denver." And then I'm like, "Yeah," and then it's like, "Okay, yeah." <laughs> and so, yeah but it's just i that's i've been i've been blessed that way and it's just been word of mouth and um awesome. with the the studios i teach i've never gone to them and said can i teach here it's been like can you come teach here can you come do this mm-hmm. so oh, it's just been cool. this flow yeah yeah i know i think i've been resisting a lot of the flow right now but when i first started teaching here I felt that like I was in the flow then because I did my teacher training. Like I literally had only been to a few Kundalini classes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I just want to know everything. So I'm going to do the teacher mm-hmm. training. And we we were looking for a house in Denver and I drove by this place and the sign was down there. Oh, okay. And it was when it was white and I was like... <laughs> That is so cool. Like, yeah. we thought we were going to end up living over here. And it was before I knew, like, my training in Crestone was connected to this place. Uh-huh. Oh. So then, like, she was like, oh, yeah, Kundalini Yoga Denver. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I ended up teaching yeah. here. So that was, like, a good flow. Um, I know. I need to start teaching a class again. But, you know, it's just, it's hard to teach. And, like, the more I listen to yoga teachers, the some people are very consistent and they mm-hmm. keep their classes forever. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the other me. people. Yeah, but that's so, <laughs> that's part of, like, growing the community. And yeah. Growing your class is the consistency. And Siddhi Kottam told me that. She's like, I just show up. Like, mm-hmm. I just always show up. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's so true. And I'm, I'm like, oh, no one's coming to my classes. I could be with my son right now. I get all flaky. And yeah. so I'm trying to get more in that. Like, it takes time. We well, got to like, balance your time, ego. too. Yeah. So um, I think just trust, just, just keep up with your spiritual practice yeah. and you know, I mean, you you can set intentions, of course, but yeah. um, just know that it's going to happen, and be mm-hmm. you're going to be taken care of, and yeah. source has your back, mm-hmm. and you yeah. know, I yeah. I really believe, especially now that we're evolving more into, I mean, you know, the law of attraction, you create your reality, but I feel like we're totally like there, like just, you know, I mean, I think we're getting to the point where we can even just like boop, you know, I want. <laughs> pear juice. There it is. I think I, I think we're know. getting very close to that. You know, it just we just got to clear more of the you know the fear that we can't do that. But I totally yeah. believe that you know this life is just to you know do your deal. Yeah, yeah, but that's hard for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, like there's still like a lot of limiting beliefs. So people don't even know what limiting beliefs are. Mm-hmm. They just go on with their lives. They're not even aware. And to me, like you know, once you become aware of your things, yeah, you see other people that are just so not aware, and it's frustrating. Like you want to. I'm one of those people. Like you want to help and say, look what I found. These tools. Oh, I've had <laughs> friends get mad at me. They're like, look, I didn't ask for your opinion. And so now I have to like, and being a life coach, you, 
mm-hmm. have to ask, like, may mm-hmm. I, may I tell you this? May I? So I've been trying to be more conscious of that. Like, this is really cool. Can I tell you about it? But before I'd be like, you know, what you should do. <laughs> like, it's done wonders for me. And people are like, I didn't. I ask. know they like my husband and daughter. You know, and you see them struggling and yeah. suffering. It's like just. You know, there's these things right you can here. do. You don't have to suffer. And, you, you know, life doesn't have to be so hard. But yeah. you can, if they're not ready, they're not ready. you just got to live by example. But it's hard to see people and that's, that, that, that suffer and have a hard time and struggle. It's like, you know, there's things you can do to not struggle. Yeah, and, I know. And I do that with my son. Like, I had him meditating for a while. And then, like, he hasn't wanted... But, but I didn't even make him do it. He saw me doing it every day. Mm. He would come sit next to me and like Aww. do the little hand position or he'd be like, Satnam, you know, Aww. and then he kind of stopped doing it, but I didn't force him, but yeah. he still knows I do my weird thing. And, but the other day I was like, I've been trying to do more. It's kind of eye angry. Like I'm just doing certain positions yes. using the walls and stuff to get more bendy. And he like came over and was like, <laughs> yeah. And then we were like doing somersaults and it was like so much fun. Like he was off a screen, you know, and like, <laughs> it was just fun. But, um, his teacher has them do mindfulness mm. to at school. So I think that's, he doesn't want to do it again, but yeah. yeah, just leading by example. And then they'll come. And I also think when they're taught young too, They'll come around. They'll come back. Yes. They'll come back and they'll always remember that. And they'll be like, what yeah. was that weird thing my mom was doing? She seemed, I mean, I'm still a mess, but just imagine how much of a mess I would be if I didn't have this, yeah. you know? Like, well, it's funny because my daughter's 28 and I'll hear her, she doesn't do a spiritual practice, but I'll hear her recommending to her friends things that, you know, I've, she's been around or I've taught her specifically, yeah. but even though she doesn't do it, she, it's in there Yeah, and she'll, you know, she's tell. She's conscious of it. Yes. She to do it. She's resisting. <laughs> she's the teacher of it, but she Oh, that's it. so funny. Yeah. It's amazing. I know. It's, it's frustrating, but it like, like we said, you know, these things are becoming more hip and more westernized, which, you know, people make fun of it about being hip or whatever, like yoga. And yeah. There's, now there's people have made up their own types of yoga, which you can't do with kundalini people. You yeah. can't mix kundalini. Um, that's one thing I will be judgmental about is people mixing kundalini. But um, I think... I, I mean, it's good that it's getting more popular because more people are curious mm-hmm. and that I, it's a good thing. Yeah. And I don't know um, what you think about Kundalini. Do you think it's getting more popular? Have you noticed it in your classes or? Um, slowly. It's slow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, certainly a lot more than 10 or so 20 years ago, mm-hmm. but because more yoga. studios have them. And stuff. Yeah, it's, they'll have like one class. Yeah. I noticed at Samadhi, more men were going. Oh, interesting. Which I thought was cool. Huh. Not a lot more, but yeah. like... Oh, that's interesting. Like like one fourth of it will be men now. And I was like, that's so cool. Because yeah, mostly women. In spiritual practices in general, it's usually like one... I don't know, one eighth men, but, but this meditation group I go to, it's, it's about half and half. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, I was going to go back to that um, about people being being fearful of mm. you know living their, um, you, you know their divine being their divine self and stuff. I feel like it is really hard these days, especially with all the input we're getting from the news and you know the phones and media it's like it's people it's constant all this negative stuff so I mean you're just putting that fear and vibration in your system so these young people you know they really need to um find some sort of spiritual practice Mm to I know I'm so afraid of that with my son like he's he's on screens a lot but he's a techie, mm-hmm. like he's already like, I want to build my own computer. So it's more that, but it still freaks me out. Just like these crazy, like weird YouTube things where like people are giving you subliminal messages and just like, he's, he's such an empath. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we all are, but like, yeah, he really is. And oh, I just like so afraid of it. And like, he was, he had this like learning computer and it was really cool. And it had this like art little section but then it had it where you can like invite friends and it had likes on it and he's like nobody's liked me yet and I flipped out I was like it doesn't matter but of course he's not listening to me he's like will you like me and I'm like it doesn't matter you don't want your mom to like you like I mean you do want but not on that superficial thing see that's what is so weird now that people value (laughs) that kind of thing because if you're Uh, you know? Oh no, it totally. I asked someone to be on a podcast and she's somewhat, she actually isn't a Kundalini yoga teacher, but I saw on social media, she was Mm -hmm. in Denver and she's like a meditation. She's like a hip meditation teacher. And I was like, would you want to do the podcast? And I was proud of myself for even asking. Mm -hmm. And you know, she totally got back to me and then like she had an assistant or something, but they were like, how many followers do you have? How many subscribers do you have? And I felt like such a loser for a second. And then I was like, no, I'm not. It doesn't matter. I was like, if it doesn't work out, like maybe we could do it down the road. But like, I don't have that many followers. I just started like doing this whole social media thing. Like, and it's like, that's <laughs> just weird to me. It is weird. And but I let it like my self-worth like went mm. down for a second. And I was like, really? I'm going to get upset mm. about this because I only have a hundred followers and I don't have like 25,000 followers. Like it's just so weird to me. And that was when I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this and show up. I look at it more yes. as like I show up every day, like I would like a class, so, but I post information Mm -hmm. that's like useful or like all something about gratitude Mm -hmm. or something. And it's always, and like, if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't care if like 30 people like it, if only one person likes it, I've let go of that. (laughs) It's like really hard. It's so weird. It doesn't even matter. You know, when you're a teenager, (laughs) could you imagine when we were in high school, if we would have had all this phone FaceTime and because they emote like instantly too you know they don't have time to like process go home and not call yeah, on the wait phone, for a phone and wait call. till tomorrow and then they're like over it but it's like they immediately just emote and yeah I'm so and then Har- Harvey my son he asked for a phone I'm like no he has a little emergency like watch where he could call me if there's an emergency mm-hmm. 
but he wants a full on iPhone. I'm like, no. And he's like, there's kids in my class that have an iPhone. I'm like, no. Uh, see that? I'm glad my daughter is older and that we missed that. Yeah. Like, she yeah, just, she was just on the beginning of that um, MySpace. It was just <sighs> starting when she was in high school. So I'm glad we didn't have, cause I'm, I'd be the mom that is like, no, you can't have a phone. No, you can't do this. I was like, when you're a little bit older, but I know I need to start being strict about it. I'm trying to be just like laissez faire about it to where it's not like a taboo because he's into the technology, but like, I also don't want it to be like where he's obsessed, mm-hmm. like that like thing. I was like, no, mm-hmm. we're not doing this. I, nipped that in the bud real quick. But anyways, yes, social media and all this crazy stuff, it's awesome in ways, but it can be really bad in others. I don't know why we started talking about that, but (laughs) we'll move on. Okay. um, And what book are you currently reading? It doesn't have to be a yogi book. Um, I'm not reading anything. I just finished um, a book called The Queen's Code. Oh, what's that? (laughs) Um, Well, it's about learning how men think. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, and how to um, communicate in a way that, um, and this sounds weird, but to get what you want, but mm-hmm. but in a way to honor them, to honor in each other. Yeah, in a relationship to, to honor mm-hmm. each other. So it was really informative mm-hmm. and good. And every morning I have a, daily quotes of um, Rumi and, you know, Hafez. It's my favorite. So Yeah, no, I'll have to look that book up because I know there's that book too. It's like getting the love you want. It's kind of like a conscious communication mm-hmm. thing as well, like respecting. Yeah, but she really, it was insightful about how men think and act. And it was like, yeah, I learned a lot. Ooh, I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna, yes. I'm gonna look into that. That sounds super interesting. What else are you super into right now? It can be a show, a podcast. It can be a beauty product. It can be food. It can be anything. Just I like to know what, what people are doing. Am I into? I love. Oh, I just recently started taking soca. I love. Da- I've always loved dancing. It's kind of like Zumba, oh. but um, more like. Caribbean type oh cool dancing so I've always just loved you know I love um the other night we went up to Guru Ganesh at Taz Spins up in the mountains have you been there Mm -hmm. oh it's a great yoga studio and they have an organic restaurant and they make essential oils up there with CBD it's by Conifer okay but they have all these like big like kirtan bands go up there and it's free. The concerts are free. So, um, we went there just a couple of weeks ago, Guru Ganesh, and just danced a lot. Okay, um, I'm going to look that up because I go that way. My dad lives in Woodland Park, so sometimes I take that back way and it mm, goes right yeah. by Conifer. Oh, that sounds fun. See, that's why I want to know these things because I feel yes. kind of isolated. I don't... No, it's a great, a great place okay, to go cool. up and listen to music cool. and stuff. Anything so. else? Um, gosh, I guess not. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Do you listen to podcasts? Um, some people don't. Well, I don't know. They're, they're like YouTube videos of, oh, I've been listening to Joe Dispenza a lot. I oh, got, do you uh, know him? Yeah. 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 yeah I yeah, got yeah. back into him recently. I know I need to get back into the book. It's kind of like in Kundalini, we learn a lot of what he's talking yeah, about. So yes. I kind of like 
stopped reading because I was like, I already know all this, but I know there's more. Well, and that's why I it. love listening to him because mm-hmm. it's, I think it's great that he's um, bringing the scientific explanation to mm-hmm. yoga mm-hmm. and the breathing techniques of what it does. I yeah. mean, yeah, we learned that in Kundalini, but that what it does to your, to you physiologically, yeah. and, you know, for higher consciousness. So I think it's great, mm-hmm. you know, for the masses, because yeah. some people want to know the scientific evidence of super yeah. consciousness. So that's um, what I talked about in my last episode. I'm like, I was always the spiritual. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't care what it's doing. I just feel good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fascinating, but like, I have those friends. You don't I'm need like, you should to know. That. I don't need yeah. to know. Yeah, but I have that friend. I'm like, oh, you should do this. It makes me feel really good. She's like, yeah, but what is it doing? You know, like. What is it doing? So, like, I totally get that. That's kind of how I felt about transcendental meditation, too. Like, I did that last year, and, like, the training was so, like, not spiritual. I was was like, where's Maharishi? Like, like I want to get down, you know? And, like, it was just very, like, this is what you do. This is, like, we're going to give you a mantra. But it was really for just the average Joe that would be intimidated by going to a Kundalini class or, you know, so I thought it was kind of great in a way, you know, even though I wanted more and like I had to do more like on my own, but I actually wished, I thought, kind of think it would have been easier to start with the Kundalini meditations because I think for the Western mind, you're, you know, you're doing a mantra or you have a focal point or you're Mm -hmm. doing breath work. So, you know, Westerners are so like, we're just in our heads, especially now, like we were talking about with all the input, but it gives you something to focus on. Cause I started out just, you know, mindfulness meditation where you're, you know, just watching a thought or focusing on your breath. And so, I mean, it took years, years and I think for that's me what to most, quiet my yeah, mind. And that's and if, what most people think yes. meditation is. And it's so it was, it took yeah. a long time. So now after doing the Kundalini and having, you know, the mantra to focus on or the breath or a mudra, now when I go to the um, transmission meditation, it's just quiet meditation for an hour. It's like most of the time, pretty easy for me because I did all that other clearing of the subconscious. But before in my twenties for years, I mean, I would just, my mind would just be all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And that's everybody that I talk to Mm -hmm. that's like, Oh, I can't meditate. And I'm like, that's not what it is. And I thought about that the other day too. I'm like the mantra and the brain, it really distracts you from thinking you're like, focusing on something. So yeah, there's at the a, same time clearing the subconscious yeah, mind and doing the specific healing work of that meditation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know transcendental was, it was fine. I was like, how am I going to meditate for 20 minutes twice a day? But it was like so easy. Mm-hmm. I like literally did it in the airport with like my glasses on and you know, <laughs> no one knows you're doing you do it in the car. Like I liked that about it, but like it didn't, Move the energy energy like Kundalini Mm -hmm. did. And then I went back. I was like, what am I doing? Like, I just wasn't feeling that like move that Kundalini gives you. And I went back to Kundalini and that 11 minutes Mm -hmm. was so hard when I went back. I was like, oh, but I felt the just, yeah, the 
power of it. Yeah. I, like, so I think it really clears things out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that other meditations are good to the quiet meditation, just quiet the mind just if you can like, get there. Mm-hmm. But I think the Kundalini really digs in mm-hmm. and clears all the crap out. Yeah. Too, yeah. And so moves I'm like the stuck energy. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm never leaving Kundalini again. <laughs> and then I thought I'd like kind of do a little bit of both, like maybe at night do another but I haven't done mm-hmm. it. I'm like, I'm all kundalini now. <laughs> like, I'm just not going back. Okay. Um, where can everyone find you? Since you don't have any social media. I like, don't do social that's media. That's okay. It's just word of You're mouth. You're like word of mouth or at Kundalini <laughs> Yoga Denver, right? Yes. I teach at Kundalini Yoga Denver on oh, Wednesdays at noon. Um, and then at Karma Yoga Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. That's a good time. Then five well-being spa in um, Littleton at 10.30 a.m. And then um, do you want to know the vinyasa classes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, at 20th Street Gym downtown, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10. It's this old funky boxing gym. I've been teaching there for 20-some years. And then um, at Five Wellbeing in Littleton on Friday mornings at um, 9.15. You teach a lot. Well, I teach two other classes, but at Chaffa, but it's just for the employees yeah. there. So it's not oh, open cool. to the public. Oh, oh, and I do the Crystal Bowl and Holy Fire Reiki at Karma um, every other month, the second Friday. So you can just look at their website. Cool. And then the meditation and gong first yeah. Friday at Kundalini Yoga Denver. I'm going to try to do that soon in the next couple of months. Try to Maybe do you'll it. Maybe like it this time. <laughs> I will. No, I've gotten better with the gong for sure, especially when someone knows what they're doing for sure. Yeah. No, I've been, but I did, I don't know, was it at Samadhi the last time? I was like, kind of caught myself clenching my jaw, but mm-hmm. I caught it. And then Just I like, yeah. And then I was like, okay, but I do catch myself like scrunching my face <laughs> or something. I don't, it's weird. I really want to. Thank you for joining us today. And it. if you like this episode yeah, and this yeah. podcast, well, thank you so much for joining us. It's such a pleasure. pleasure. And leave us a review. Yeah. We would love to hear from you and hope you join us for the next episode.